Okay, we're going to be in Genesis chapter 21. And at this point, we've come to the point where the promised son that God had promised Abraham is now born. And that was the son by the name of Isaac. Now, over over the years and over the previous chapters here, Abraham has had quite the adventure from his from his move out of his homeland of Ur, of Ur out of Iraq and into the promised land of Canaan that was given to him and from there he made a a quick journey to Egypt and and at that point he had lied about uh his relationship to Sarah to the pharaoh over there because he he was keeping himself from being killed because what would have happened was they would have killed him to take his wife Sarah into into the harem over there and so God put a plague on Egypt. And then Abraham came clean and then the Pharaoh went ahead and released him. He makes his way back. And then he witnesses the the destruction of Sodom and Gomorrah, which was the region that his nephew Lot had moved to. And and so even Abraham had to deal with his nephew Lot in in a division between the land where they were at when they moved over there. Each other's uh, servants were fighting over over property and space. So Lot made the decision to move to the to the very carnal region of Sodom and Gomorrah, and he got himself in trouble there and captured over a siege uh, of territory issues over there. Abraham had to rescue him. So then recently. After this, the destruction of Sodom and Gomorrah came, which Abraham had witnessed. So Abraham, after that, in the previous chapter of 20, decides to move to the Philistine territory and run in, runs into um, another situation over there with King Abimelech, who was the king of that, that little region. And his wife Sarah was again taken into his harem. And, and therefore, he found out too, because God came to, to Abimelech in a dream and threatened him. So Abraham, he's he's really had quite the the adventures that we're seeing here. Now again, this is over the the call of Abraham. We've been seeing some uh, some years pass by, and he had a son with uh, Sarah's handmaiden by the name of Hagar because Sarah couldn't have children. So Sarah had the idea of like, go ahead and have a child with Hagar, and I will just consider this child mine. Well, she did have a child with Hagar. he did have a child with Hagar, and they named the son Ishmael. And now at this point, Ishmael is now in his teens. There's, this was like a 13-year period from the time of Ishmael's birth to the time now of what we're seeing here, or maybe even a little bit of a longer period, which will, which will be pointed out. But again, this is the this is in regards to. Some of the things that Abraham has had to deal with. God has come to him and, and he made a covenant with him. He's, he's actually spoken with him. He's reminded him of what was to come. So Abraham was a very blessed man. Very blessed and very uh, fortunate to have God himself come down. And, and to visit with him and to remind him of the covenant that's made. So now we're going to see... From chapter 20, when, when Abraham went ahead and moved over to this territory, he, again, made the decision to not be so honest with Abimelech. But God's hand was on him and his provisions. And so we're going to see sort of a change of pace here. But again, one more thing, one more, one more trial for Abraham. One more thing that he's going to have to contend with. 
And again, these things I tell you, the beauty of the Bible is never, it's, it's not a fairy tale read because it gives some of the most harshest truth of historical events that ever happened. And so again, that that shows the accuracy of it. Is that it doesn't uh, it doesn't show fables. It doesn't show ninety nine point nine percent of uh, of nothing but uh, fairy tale fluff is what I like to call it. It gives you the whole thing. It gives you everything that it has to offer, from the good to the bad, because it was truthful. And that's the beauty of the Bible. So let's go ahead. We're going to be looking at Genesis chapter 21. And if you happen to have a Bible with you, go ahead and turn there. I'm going to start off in verses 1 through 7. And it says, And the Lord visited Sarah, as he had said, and the Lord did for Sarah as he had spoken. For Sarah conceived and bore Abraham a son in his old age, and in the set time of which God had spoken to him. So Abraham called the name of his son who was born to him, who Sarah bore to him, Isaac. Then Abraham circumcised his son Isaac when he was eight days old, as God had commanded him. Now Abraham was 100 years old when his son Isaac was born. And Sarah said, God has made me laugh, and all who hear will laugh with me. She also said, who, have, who would have said to Abraham that Sarah would nurse children? For I have borne him a son in his old age. You know, over a period of chapters, you know, the Lord had visited Abraham on a few occasions in regards to the promise of him having a son. And having one with his wife, Sarah, you know, was, was a normal occasion that Abraham would get the visitations. But now God at this time came to Sarah herself to present the promised gift. That he did, that he did what he said he was going to do. So during an earlier visit to Abraham, God came down and spoke to Abraham to let him know that, that she would give birth as Sarah was behind the door. She heard God speaking to Abraham in a conversation and she laughed inwardly. Not outwardly, but she actually laughed inwardly. And God being God knew it and he questioned her. He said, why did you laugh? And she said, I didn't laugh. And God said, indeed you did. Which shows the sovereign power of God. That nothing is hidden from his sight or from his ears. You know, before that, the first time God told Abraham that, that what he was going to have a son at his age, Abraham laughed. But it wasn't so much out of sarcasm, but it was out of joy. Right? More of like, this is absolutely unbe- unbelievable to Abraham. And it was. You know, it was God. Yeah. Have you taken a good look at me? Is the question here? Have you taken a good look at me? Have you seen my wife? You know, she's going to have to one that go through labor. Well, as, as God said, you would have a son, an heir. You will name him Isaac, which means laughter. And I think God has a wonderful sense of humor to to accompany His love, His grace, His wrath, and many other attributes. But but as she laughed at what God said behind that door, uh, she could have given up so much peace in her life during during the time that Abraham was waiting for this to come, all due to doubt. You know, especially when God is standing outside her door with two angels. You know, after all, who could who could believe that a man at a hundred years old, with his wife at ninety years old, could do such a thing? Well, you know, God he's, he, God's been showing from the existence of time, that he is in the business of doing the impossible. What seems to be impossible problems won't seem impossible if we let God handle them, you know. So after walking with the Lord for many years, you know, I have to remind myself of these things. uh, To stay honest and, and to be humble. 
you know, I, I only say this from, from personal experiences because it's easy to stand behind a pulpit and to talk about lack of faith or trust in God. And then after it's all said and done, the hard test comes on the one preaching with such pride and authority. You know, may I only say this as one who needs to be reminded as well. You know, if God taught anyone that lesson before, then, then you have received a wonderful, a wonderful gift if you've been taught that lesson. You know, we cannot accomplish the impossible ourselves. It was divine when it came to our existence. The whole thing was completely divine by his hand. So no, the impossible could not be completed by our own doings. But it was completed by the divine hand of God. And he's making this known. He's, and he's made it known for thousands of years into our existence. Uh, let's continue in verses 8 to 11 here. And then it says, So the child grew and was weaned. And Abraham made a great feast on the same day uh, that Isaac was weaned. And Sarah saw the son of Hagar, the Egyptian whom she had borne to Abraham, scoffing. Therefore she said to Abraham, Cast out this bondwoman and her son, for the son of this bondwoman shall not be heir with my son, namely with Isaac. And the matter was very displeasing in Abraham's sight because of his son. You know, there was an age difference uh, between Ishmael and the son of promise Isaac, um, a 13-year age difference. So at this point, Isaac was weaned, which means that he is now a child eating solid food, uh, no longer taking milk here. Uh, in most traditional ages, he would have probably been about oh, three years old or so, which was kind of a normal, a normal time frame for uh, children to be weaned at this time. So it looks like Ishmael was picking on Isaac, and Sarah had enough. And when Sarah had suggested that Abraham conceive a child with Hagar, you know, there was dissension in the house between Hagar and Sarah when it happened. Hagar ran away and was approached by an angel of the Lord to return to Sarah that her child would be blessed as well. But the son of promise was Isaac. So since then, we have, to, we have no record of what life was like for them over the next oh, 16 years or so, uh, to the point where at now it looks uh, like tension has built up by Sarah's actions. Of I want them gone after all these years. You know, if, if you have kids that are spread out in age, it's very common for the older to mess with the younger. I know that personally. Now, there may have been uh, some very deep jealousy in Ishmael. And we all know what comes from all that. The results that we see are never pleasant. And Abraham was uh, between a rock and a hard place here. You know, he originally took Sarah's advice of having a child with Hagar. And now is forced to send them away, kind of like a hotel guest that stopped paying the rates. And, and this was an act on Abraham and Sarah to do this. You know, not a command from God. And, and because of the choice they made, this is the result. You know, when God is involved in family planning, uh, again, this is not the result that you would see. You know, there would be no form of favoritism or division, which is the, the design of God in families, and better yet, God in the families. So if we're to observe some important pillars in the households, okay, we have love, we have love first, we have humility, compassion, joy, contentment, and the last most important thing is unity. 
Yeah, we wouldn't see what we do in, in a house uh, of God's presence. Only in a house divided will you see a house empty within time. Now, as this event had already happened a few thousand years ago, we can still learn from it. Families are to be, in the, are to be the nucleus of our society. Not the dividing downfall of it, but the nucleus of it. But praise be to God as he intervenes to those who call on him. And that's about what we're going to see right now is, is what happens when, when, God, when God is called upon and he hears the cries and the prayers of those. It's a very important thing. Let's take a look here at verse 12 to 21. But God said to Abraham, Do not let it be displeasing in your sight because of the lad or because of your bondwoman. Whatever Sarah has said to you, listen to her voice. For in Isaac your seed shall be called. Yet I will also make a nation of the son of the bondwoman because he is your seed. So Abraham rose early in the morning and took bread and a skin of water and putting it on her shoulder and he gave it to the boy to Hagar and sent her away. And then she departed and wandered in the wilderness of Beersheba. And the water in the skin was used up. And she placed the boy under one of the shrubs. And then she went and sat down across from him at a distance of about a bow shot. For she said to herself, Let me not see the death of the boy. So she sat opposite him and lifted her voice and wept. And God heard the voice of, of the lad. Then the angel of God called to Hagar out of heaven and said to her, What ails you, Hagar? Fear not, for God has heard the voice of the lad where he is. Arise, lift up the lad and hold him with your hand, for I will make him a great nation. Then God opened her eyes, and she saw a well of water, and she went and filled the skin with water and gave the lad a drink. So God was with the lad, and he grew and dwelt in the wilderness and became an archer. He dwelt in the wilderness of, of Paran, and his mother took a wife for him from the land of Egypt. So, if anything, you know, Abraham did right by waiting for God to say, to say so. And, and God knows all things. So it was for good reason that it came to be this way. We can see that, you know, Ephesians chapter 5 verse 21 commands that we are to submit to one another in the fear of God being husband and wife. Okay, that was that was the last thing that was said. Okay, we have we have what was said was that wives you were to submit to your husbands to your own husbands, and husbands you were to love your wives as Christ loved the church. But then it also states here that we are to submit to one another in the fear of God. You know, Abraham did not like the idea of kicking out his teenage son to probably never be seen again, as we've never seen uh, if he did in the scripture. But he was born out of the flesh, you know, versus the spirit. And we see that the actions were that of the flesh as well. The scoffing, the fighting, and jealousy between Hagar and Sarah from the very beginning. Abraham was a very wealthy man, and he sent them off with bread and water only. You know, it was, it was a realization that giving them a part of the wealth would not have changed the spiritual situation here. God told him that he had special plans for Ishmael. So that had to have helped Abraham with the situation just a little. But God provides all things, you know, and he knew it. Uh, the blessings of Ishmael uh, were, were through the relation of Abraham, through the seed of Abraham. And they were in the desert waiting to die, and the Lord heard the cry of Ishmael. 
And though Ishmael was not God's chosen for Abraham, God still had a blessing aside for him. Ishmael became the founding father of the Arab nations. And he also, as I said, became a skilled archer in the wilderness of Paran. Or Paran, uh, which is located uh, right around the Sinai Desert area where Moses was during the Exodus, when he spoke to God. And God was with him, though. And that's a blessing enough to know that God is with you. You know, what more could we ask for? You know, perhaps Abraham's close walk with God showed Ishmael the protection and the provisions that Abraham had received. We don't know much more about him otherwise, but, but he knew God and God heard him. It's important to know that God is with anyone who wants him. And, and a father who knows the Lord and a household has a high percentage of his children knowing God as well. So the story now moves to a different uh, demeanor in verse 22. So what was done was kind of done here. Abraham went and did what he did. And he had to listen to his wife Sarah per God. God came in and said, go ahead. Go ahead and release them. You know, as again, we have to remember that God knows all things. We have to remember that God, God is perfect and knowing of all things. He knows everything to come. He knows everything that was. And so there is absolutely no telling what could have gone on if they would have, uh, if they would have been in the same household. So God, again, by his grace and mercies, had blessings set aside for Ishmael, and everything was okay. So now we see, again, we get to see uh, a little bit of a change of story, because now Ishmael and Hagar have now settled into their new land area. So we don't really hear any more of them. But what we now, uh, we're going to uh, revisit now, the meeting with Abimelech, who Abraham had met with before in the previous chapter, who was the king of this what we call the Philistine area. So let's take a look here at verses 22 through 26. And it came to pass at the time that Abimelech and, and uh, Phicol, the commander of his army, spoke to Abraham, saying, God is with you in all that you do. Now therefore swear to me by God that you will not deal falsely with me with my offspring or with my posterity, but that the, according to the kindness that I have done to you, you will do to me with, uh, with the land which you have dwell, in which you dwell. And Abraham said, I will swear. Then Abraham rebuked Abimelech because of a well of water which Abimelech's servants had seized. And Abimelech said, I do not know who has done this thing. You did not tell me, nor had I heard of this until today. We see another meeting between Abimelech and Abraham, as Abimelech was again in the previous chapter. Uh, if you're hearing this for the first time, Abimelech was the king of this area that Abraham had moved to. And so, uh, this was an area that was about 10 miles from Gaza. And their first meeting was interesting, and unfortunately very similar to Abraham's move to Egypt that I mentioned in the beginning. Abraham told Abimelech Sarah was his sister, which she was his half-sister. But it was, it was a planned thing by Abraham to protect his life as he knew that Sarah would be taken into the harem of Abimelech, and it happened. But God spoke to Abimelech in a dream saying that you're a dead man as you have taken another man's wife. Now, Abimelech never touched her, and he had released her back to Abraham and called him out on why he did what he did. So the situation was not an ideal one. 
Yet God, he finds a way to bless a situation that man messes up. Amen? And, and as Abraham did wrong in his actions, Abimelech here recognized the anointing of Abraham. There seemed to be a fear of Abraham, as he should. Okay, so if God comes to you and says that you're a dead man for doing something, uh, something to one of his own, and, and especially it was unbeknownst to him, I would be on his good side at all times. You know, that's what he says doing here, uh, you know, getting on his good side. You know, I've always appreciated and liked what the book of Hebrews chapter 12 verse 14 says. Pursue peace with all people and holiness, because without it no one will see the Lord. And we will see that, although Abraham did what he did in the previous chapter. Abimelech recognized the fatherly relationship of God and Abraham. And I remember hearing a story about a kid at a school that was being picked on by others. And the the dad showed up, and the dad was a very large, intimidating figure. And he simply said, that, hey, this is my son, and I hope you're all being nice to him. Because if not, I will be back. So they, of course, were very nice to him after, um, after. but the, the dad required that of his son as well. He, he was raised to do right and, and not do whatever he wanted because his father was feared. You know, he was never to take advantage of others. And we also see that in God because he, he will never allow others to pick on his children. There's absolutely no way that God is going to allow his children to do wrong as well. So again, that's a, it's an enjoyable read to see when God is involved. When God is involved in, in all things because again, he expects us to do, uh, to do right. He will not allow anybody to harm us and get away with it, but nor would he allow us to get away with, with wrongfully harming as well. And so again, this is why Abimelech had made this uh, this promise, if you will, uh, between Abraham. Because again, the meeting that they had in the past wasn't that uh, based on integrity. And so again, like I said, when we when we live life long enough, we can look back at our own situations and realize, like, wow, you know, we I really truly can relate. I've done some things before that weren't exactly pleasing to God. But again, the mercy of God and the grace of God allows us to get back up and dust ourselves off and, and, and try again when true repentance is in the, in the midst of it all. So again, this is an interesting read because we could look at this and theologically realize that, wow, this is something that we relate to. And this isn't just some historical event, but this is something that it could be a life-changing event for any of us even thousands of years later. So this is the importance of it all. Not just for the sake of a good read, but for the sake of seeing what God did, what God is doing, and what God continues to do because he does not change. In verse 27 to the end, which will be verse 34. So Abraham took sheep and oxen and gave them to Abimelech. And the two of them made a covenant. And Abraham set seven ewe lambs of the flock by themselves. Then Abimelech asked Abraham, What is the meaning of these seven ewe lambs which you have set by themselves? And he said, You will take these seven ewe lambs from my hand, that they may be my witness that I have dug this well. Therefore he called that place Beersheba, because the two of them swore an oath there. 
Thus, they made a, co- a covenant at Beersheba. So Abimelech rose with uh, Phicol, Phicol, the commander of his army, and they returned to the land of the Philistines. Then Abraham planted a tamarisk tree in Beersheba, and there called on the name of the Lord, the everlasting God. And Abraham stayed in the land of the Philistine for many days. So when Abimelech returns uh, Sarah to Abraham, he gave Abraham silver. It was was a gift, uh, perhaps a peace offering. And this was in the previous chapter of 20. Abraham returns the favor in good faith with the seven lambs and and, and the well at Beersheba, which uh, is a city that we will see often in the Bible. Uh, Beersheba means a, a well of promise is what it means. And it was an area known for numerous wells in the area. Uh, but this particular one was kind of like that of a monument. You know, and then Abraham planting a tamarisk, a tamarisk tree was part of, um, part of signs and symbolization, okay? So the tamarisk tree symbolized life and grace. And Abraham, he did a good thing in recognition of what God did in that area. You know, all the trees, all the trees that had biblical, uh, symbols were evergreen trees. Uh, trees that lived through all seasons in Israel. So uh, from chapter 20 to now, we see a change of, of ways from hidden agendas and deceit to covenants and integrity. And, and if you're hearing this for the first time, uh, a covenant was a promise or a, an unbreakable bond between two people. Uh, in modern day, or at least in our day, over the, or our day over the past century or better, we write up contracts. But back then it was more on, on an integrity thing as both parties agreed and lived up to it, uh, to it versus someone writing up something in small print that benefits themselves only. Uh, this was more meaningful and serious than, than what people make of it today. You know, but by this Abraham lived in peace and harmony with his neighbor and, and by the guidance of the Lord. And I always make known that the only way to have that in life is to have the relationship with the Lord. And to have it now, will, will life be without, you know, will life be without problems or trials? Absolutely no. No, that, that will always be in existence. But eternity in heaven will be without problems and pains and trials. The things seen and the joy felt is inexpressible on earth compared to that of heaven. But because of what the Lord did on the cross, he gave us an access to him and heaven. For those who believe and receive him in truth of heart. And it's your choice to receive him or or not. See, he wants everyone with him. But not forced, only in truth and in love. And there is a simple, a simple and easy process to receive that. See, when Abraham was called, Abraham, we have no recollection or, or anything in Scripture stating that Abraham had a relationship with God until God had called him personally. When God called him personally and spoke to him, Abraham recognized. And then when Abraham recognized, Abraham followed he obeyed and he had faith in the Lord he had faith that, to go ahead and move out of his homeland and to, and to move to a, to a land that 
that was probably not well known, but not just not not just well known, but that was also going through a famine, which is why he he ran off to Egypt for that short time. Now Abraham was no different because he did some things in the form of disobedience. He did some things where he kind of tripped and fell, which shows that he is just as normal as any other human being. But he was called and he was anointed, and he was blessed by by God because God knew who he was choosing. But you see, again, God wants every single one of us with him. He gives us the choice of where we want to go. There is two places of eternity created, and the choice is ours. And again, like I said, who wouldn't want heaven? Who in their right mind wouldn't want heaven? Is the question. After, after reading the Bible and, and, and seeing the, the, the blessings of what was said in there and the, the amazing things that some people had seen, God created that place for Him and, and for His angels and for, and for anybody who wants to receive Him. And so again, I want to make known that you have the opportunity to do so. And the opportunity is from a simple prayer. So if you feel that the Spirit has been leading you, and if you feel that that, that Spirit has been calling you, the Spirit, the Holy Spirit is saying that it's okay. Receive the Lord and receive salvation and you will be with Him. So go ahead and repeat this prayer after me if you feel led. Dear God, please forgive me, Lord. Please forgive me of my sins. I confess to you, Lord, that I am a sinner, Lord. And I ask of you to wash me clean of my sins, Lord. And Father, I thank you for sending your Son to die on the cross, Lord, for my sins. And Lord, I pray, Lord, that you would receive me, Lord, into your heart, Lord, as I have received you. And Lord, I want to thank you for having me. And Lord, will you take me and write my name in your book of life, Lord. For Father, I am now yours. And I love you and I praise you. And I thank you, Lord, for receiving me, Lord. In Jesus' precious name I pray. Amen. Well, may God bless you as always for protection and guidance and for prayer as always on all who are listening. And I pray that if you've said this prayer that you will continue to stay that course into God's straight path. Because again, God doesn't build crooked roads. He builds straight roads. Man builds crooked roads. So stay on the straight and narrow. And may you keep your eyes on His light. So God bless and keep you always.